Well, if you have your Bibles, would you like to open up with uh, me this morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll start at verse 11, because I want, us, want to remind us this morning of the context in which we are looking at the life and work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, because it is within a, a framework of a portion of Scripture that we have said uh, we want to make 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 11 um, through to 24. We, we want this, these verses to, to act as a template or as a, a matrix for us to measure our health uh, and our, uh, our growth as a community. And so the various facets that Paul addresses and talks about in these few verses we're going to use as a, as a monitoring or measuring tool for us as a church. And um, I'm just going to read through it again. Uh, verse 11 through to verse 24. It says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work live in peace with each other, and we urge you, brothers, warn those who are, who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that everybody, uh, sorry, sorry, make sure that nobody, <laughs> make sure, where did that one come from? Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And so what we will do is um, utilize these verses as a, as I said, as a tool to assess, you know, how, are, we, are we a joyful community? Are we a, are we a praying community? Are we a place of encouragement? Uh, do we understand um, biblical uh, leadership? Um, is this a place in which uh, people are built up and, and discipled, etc., etc., etc.? So it becomes a bit of a frame of reference for us as a church. And we found ourselves in, um, in uh, verses 19 through to 22, um, which I've got up here on, um, on, the, on the data projector. And I, I really like the message version of this. It says, don't suppress the spirit and don't stifle those who have a word from the master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. Check out everything and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. And we've uh, decided to linger here for a, a period of time and just reflect on Paul's instruction to us 
In regards to the, to the life of the ministry of the Holy Spirit um, here at, at Fitzroy North, and as Paul points out, Paul encourages us to um, be both embracing and welcoming and to be cultivating the life and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to uh, not put out the Spirit's fire and to uh, be open to uh, the prophetic, to not suppress God's, um, God's prophetic voice to the church. And yet at the same time, as a balance to that, Paul says, but also be cautious. So be both open and be cautious. Um, perhaps you've come from a, a church background where there is one extreme. The Holy, the Holy Spirit uh, is rarely, if ever, mentioned and is given no place and there is no or very little understanding of the Holy Spirit uh, other than the fact that he is some uh, mysterious element of the Godhead. Or the other extreme, um, which is... Uh, where the pendulum swings, where all the focus and the attention is on the manifestations of, uh, of what the Holy Spirit is doing and, and that kind of thing. And so I, what we're endeavouring to do and to be here at Fitzroy North is uh, we want to be a people that avoid the extremes, where we're not ignoring and ignorant of the Holy Spirit, and yet at the same time we're not kind of flying out on the edges of, 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 of spirituality that just carries us off into places that are, I believe are actually unhealthy. In the Bible, uh, and actually within uh, Greco-Roman culture, the number one attribute, the, the, the quality of life that was most admired uh, was, uh, was meekness. And what, within that culture, what people looked for and what they sought to develop was the attribute of meekness. And what meekness is, uh, meekness, uh, if you examine that word and begin to look at its origins, what it, what it literally means is the balancing point between two extremes. The balancing point between two extremes. And so we, 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 want, we don't want to be at that extreme and we don't want to be at that extreme. We want to find a healthy balance. We want to, f- we want to be a people of the Spirit in, in all of the dom- dimensions and all of the dynamics of who the person of the Holy Spirit is. And we want to approach this as a, from an intelligent um, and sound biblical theological way. I think is a really good way, a, good, a really good approach of doing things. And so, other than just talking about this subject on a, on, a, on a Sunday morning, which we have done for the last couple of weeks, we've also established a little small team of people that have met a couple of times and will continue to meet f- for a little while longer. And we've been uh, meeting and discussing um, what the life of the Spirit of God might look like here in our community. Um, because we have some cultural dynamics at play within this kind of uh, within this region uh, that uh, that I believe are very important that we we need to be considerate of the community that we're part of in terms of of how the Holy Spirit um, outworks His life in our midst, and we're to steward that, I believe, with great, great wisdom. And so we've been meeting to, to, to think that through, and we met during the week um, to discuss what we thought the Holy Spirit was doing in our midst right now. 
What is the Holy Spirit doing now? I think sometimes we get so caught up in trying to think about what God wants to do in the future that we miss what he's doing here and now. And so what we did is we we sought to discern um, the activity of God in our midst as a a group of people. And what we did is we we looked or thought through that, that question in the light of the various symbols and pictures that, um, that Cheryl Catford McCallum presented to us last Sunday. And if you weren't here last Sunday, can I encourage you to get a copy, or not to get a copy, to uh, log on to our website and just download uh, Sh- Cheryl's message on, on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. She provided us with such a great... Um, um, perspective. Um, And she provided, uh, I think, a balanced and healthy um, look at who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit ministers. And one of the things that she did was she pointed out that in the scripture that um, the Bible actually doesn't talk a lot about who the Holy Spirit is. The the Bible tends to, to focus in on what the Holy Spirit does. And in doing so, the scripture um, uses certain symbols or pictures as a metaphor for the activities of the Spirit. And so this group that met on Tuesday night, we went through the various symbols in the Bible that define and describe the work of the Holy Spirit as to see if we could pick up what we felt God was doing here within our midst. And so for those who, were, who weren't here last week um, and for those of us who were, it, I'm just going to refresh your memory and I've included a couple of others that, um, that uh, weren't included in Cheryl's presentation last week. And so these are, are the, the metaphors, the pictures, the symbols of the Spirit throughout the Word of God. As Cheryl pointed out last week, uh, we tend to think primarily the the picture that we have of the Holy Spirit is that of the dove, and she uh, referred to to the dove as the, the honorable bird. And uh, you have to listen to the, to the uh, to the message to see that in context. When we um, the the picture of a bird um, speaks of when the Holy Spirit come coming and the Holy Spirit activities activity in our life. As a dove, it produces within us peace and gentleness. Uh, but one of the other uh, key attributes of of a dove is got to do with their vision, their eyesight. And a dove is unique in the fact that uh, a, a dove's vision operates like this. They can only focus in on one thing at one time. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, there is a, a, a concentrated focus or, or those seasons or times when the Holy Spirit comes, there is a sense of where, where there is a, an awareness or a focused attention that, is, uh, that, 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 that comes. And so we clear ourselves of all kinds of distractions and we focus in on that which is important. And so there's this wonderful sense that when the Holy Spirit comes as a dove and works in our lives or works in our midst as a community, there is a sense of peace and gentleness and also focused vision. Um, the symbol of fire uh, rep- represents zeal or enthusiasm, um, passion. 
but also um, there is a sense in which fire represents a cleansing or a, a purifying. You might be familiar with a, a, the, the purifying of gold or silver. Um, the, the metal is placed within a crucible and the heat is turned up. And as, as the flame is brought to bear on that precious metal, there is a separation of that which is pure uh, from that which is impure. And so there are times in our life where the Holy Spirit comes to us and turns up the heat in our life in order to separate from our lives, from our character, things that, that, are, that are impure from our lives. And so sometimes that can be a really, um, you know, a bit of a challenging time, can't it? When you feel the heat of God bear, bearing down on us and things are a little bit intense. Um, and it, if we understand that what God is wanting to do is he's wanting to purge and, 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 and separate from our lives things that prevent us from being the us that God has, has called us and created us to be. Then um, one of the uh, symbols that, um, that Cheryl didn't mention, but for some reason um, I noted it and thought it should be included, is the symbol of wine. And um, a wine... Uh, represents joy and celebration. That uh, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, for example, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, the accusation that was made uh, against the, the believers who had been impacted and, and had this encounter with the Holy Spirit was that they're drunk because of their behavior. And it was pointed out to them it was too early in the morning for them to uh, be, be tipsy. And in fact, it wasn't, it wasn't that they were drunk, but that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there are times when the Spirit comes uh, and brings, uh, causes us to be, let's say, somewhat jolly and happy. And uh, I, I don't know, have I mentioned my encounter at, um, I had in Sydney with, um, did I talk about that? Uh, I got a phone call from a friend of ours who was pastoring a church in Sydney and he was all depressed because uh, he was uh, ready to close down his church. And uh, he'd come from overseas, uh, brought out his family, and all of his money uh, had been focused in on, on, on trying to grow a church in a very wealthy suburb of, um, of Sydney and um, it just, just didn't get off the ground. And he phoned me up to uh, um, chat through that with me. And so Louise and I decided to drive down to Sydney to spend some, some time with him, uh, with him and his wife. And uh, we took them out for lunch. And we were sitting in a, in a cafe in St. Ives. And St. Ives is a very wealthy, well-to-do area. And we're sitting having lunch. And um, this couple are pouring out their hearts. And you can just see that they're so um, disappointed and so grieved over their inability to do what they thought God had called them to do. And um, they're, they're confused and, um, and very, very sad that it's come to this point where they've basically spent two years of their life and they feel like it's been wasted. And as they're uh, sharing the story, something that's never happened to me before, had never happened to me before or happened to me since, but as, as this friend of ours is pouring out his heart, all I can say is that the Holy Spirit came and visited us in a cafe in St. Ives. And we broke out 
in the most um, hilarious laughter. It was unexplainable. The Bible talks about a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, that experience we had in that cafe in St. Ives was a joy unspeakable and full of glory. We were so hysterical. I mean, there was nothing in the natural to be happy about. We'd just been moping and um, kind of trying to come to terms with where is God in the midst of of all of this and helping them work through their pain, and then God comes. And there was this joy that came that was absolutely phenomenal. It was hysterical. The cafe owner um, asked us if we could please contain ourselves. Please, could we settle ourselves down? We couldn't. We couldn't. We We could not stop laughing. We walked through the shopping centre and we were, we were in hysterics. We got into a lift with this lady and her child. She stepped out of the lift. <laughs> she must have assumed that we were drunk. We went down to get into our cars and uh, my friend and I fell on the car park floor and then began to roll around the car park in fits of laughter. For the next two weeks, whenever, whenever I called my friend, we would have the same experience where we would just laugh uncontrollably. It was, it was incredible. But what it does, it brought relief to what was such a heavy situation. And what it was, it, as I say, it was God's antidote to a problem. Um, and and um, I would love to live in that place continually. Uh, but uh, anyway, so we have the dove, the fire, the wine. Then there is also um, gift, or the, the Holy Spirit is referred to as being a gift or gifts. And a gift is uh, something that is freely and generously given and received. And with a gift, there comes a connotation of surprise because you don't quite know what's locked in that box until you unwrap it and open it, open it up. And really, a gift, if I was to give you, a, like as we gave a gift of flowers this morning to uh, Bill and to Helen, it's an expression of love to them as, as a couple, that we as a church love them and we give them a gift. Well, I want to tell you that the gift of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit are an expression of God's love for us. What I find really interesting is in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, which are the, the, the chapters in the New Testament that emphasize what we tend to call the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the prophetic and the miracles and those things which are kind of uh, associated with the, with, the, with the miraculous. Between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 is 1 Corinthians, surprise, surprise, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is what? The love chapter. Because the gifts of 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 are actually an expression of God's heart of love for us. And so God sees someone who is sick and what he does is he, um, and Nicole's not here this morning, but just, just a little while ago, Nicole is part of our community here, has, has been really sick. What was her problem? She had celiac. Uh, so there's a certain food she couldn't eat. And um, Deb prayed for, um, for Nicole. And God gave 
Nicole a love gift of healing. And now Nicole is 25 stone, 120, 120 kilos, because she's just eating foods that she's never been able to eat before. And um, Nicole has even got a, a, a there's been another healing miracle that's taken place in her life. But it's an expression of love. See, um, Deb was a conduit of a gift from God into Nicole's life to relieve her suffering and pain in a certain area of her life. Um, then there is uh, oil. Um, oil has a number of, uh, um, in, in Scripture, has there are a number of facets or, or metaphors associated with oil. One of those being ordination. Another is uh, healing. Um, another one um, is, has got to do with the presence of God. The oil represents presence. But there is also an element in which oil represents uh, lubricant. And in, um, in, a, in, in machinery, uh, I'm told that what they do is that they put uh, oil into their car, into your car motor, uh, I believe them, um, and that that oil, uh, <laughs> that oil uh, enables those parts within the motor to um, um, run smoothly. And you know, in our interconnected relationships with one another in community, we really need the oil of the Spirit as a lubricant because if there's no oil there or if there's a limited amount of oil there, we tend to clunk and crash and scrape against each other. And so we need the presence of the Holy Spirit manifesting in, in, in oil so that we can connect with one another and not clunk and bite into each other. Um, then there is the seal, which is not a, a, an animal, um, a water animal. The seal is a, one of those uh, wax stamps that was uh, used in ancient times uh, primarily. And the seal was a sign of ownership or a, a mark of, um, or a, a, of identification. And the Bible talks about the, the seal of the Holy Spirit being on the inside of us, that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And... That is a sign or a symbol of God's ownership, that we belong to God. There is something on the inside of us that's being stamped of, in regards to the fact that the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer is symbolic of the fact that we are God's possession. God has set his seal of ownership upon us. And then fruit, which um, we read about in Galatians 5, is got to do with um, what the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. The Holy Spirit, it, when, when the Holy Spirit is active in, in our lives individually, then there is evidence of that. And it's got to do with um, the increase or the development of Christ-like character, which ultimately has got to do with us becoming more loving Less selfish, more selfless, and, and more loving. And then the other symbols are water-based, which are rain, water, and river. And rain has got to do with refreshing, growth, and renewal. So when the rain comes, the spring rains come, there, there is a sense of refreshing there is, it gives birth to new life and renewal. Then water speaks of cleansing and refreshing. And the river or rivers um, uh, refer to an on ongoing continuous stream of life. Jesus said that rivers of living water would flow from our innermost being. 
And so there's this flow of life that we as, as Christians have operating in us and through us when we're in a life-giving connection with the Spirit of God. Then uh, breath, cloud, and wind. In John chapter 20, um, Jesus, uh, after the resurrection, he met with his disciples. And uh, it says there that he breathed upon his disciples. And in the Greek language in which uh, the, the New Testament is, was initially written, in, in, in the Greek language, it literally means, Jesus said, receive here and now the Holy Spirit. And he breathed upon them. And um, breath has got to do with new life. It was at that moment, I believe, in John chapter 20, verse 20, that the disciples were actually born again, that they, they were regenerated, they, they were made alive for the very first time. Prior to that event, they had not been born again. They'd walked with Jesus, but they hadn't experienced uh, the dynamic of the new birth. So um, uh, uh, breath represents newness of life. Cloud um, is a symbol that is used significantly through the Old Testament and refers to God's presence, God's protection, God's direction and God's guidance. And then wind is this mysterious element that blows and we don't know quite where it's coming from. All we know is that we can see the wind's effects by that, the, the impact of, of what has taken place. And so if I was to say to you this morning, what is, the, what is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life as an individual? What are some of the metaphors? What are some of those symbols that you would identify? You say, oh, you know, I just feel like the breath of God has come to me and there's been this, this new birth, this new life, new beginnings happening. I don't know, you need to maybe think through what season of God you are at in relationship to the Holy Spirit. But as... We as a group sat down to think through what is the Holy Spirit predominantly doing here at Fitzroy North. We discerned and there was this um, overwhelming consensus that the Spirit of God was, um, was at work in two ways. And you, you, you may disagree and, and, and that's all right for you to be wrong. Um, <laughs> What we sensed was, first of all, that there had been a wind has blown. And um, as I said, um, the scripture says, the wind blows where it wills. Uh, where it comes from, we don't know. But all we can do is we can see evidence of, of the wind that's blown. About, uh, about nine months ago or so, uh, a person that used to attend this church uh, called me um, one Sunday morning and said, Stephen, I would like to come and visit uh, church this morning uh, because I believe that God has given me a message, uh, a prophetic word to share with the leadership of the church. Would you mind if I, if I came and after the service I shared this word with you? And I said, uh, yeah, that's okay. And this person, she came and as she stepped in through the doors of the church, a gust of wind uh, came in through with her that blew in and drew in a whole bunch of leaves. It was just all of a sudden, it was quite windy that day, but a gust of wind blew in a whole bunch of leaves. 
And those leaves began to kind of swirl around as the wind continued to blow through uh, into the fire area of the church. And after the service, she sat down with myself and a few others that are here this morning. And she said, I believe what, um, what God wants to say to you is that the wind of God is going to blow uh, upon this church and there is going to be a gathering just as the wind blew as I came in through these doors. The, the wind of God is going to blow and you are going to witness a gathering. There are people who are going to come through your doors and you're not going to know where they've come from but you need to know it's just God's sovereign act that God has come by His Spirit and is blowing into the building people. They're going to come in. And since that time... That's exactly what has happened. Um, it's almost like uh, we are spectators as week by week new people just come along and some come and stay and others come and run out again very, very quickly and never to be seen again. But there is a sense in which God is doing something. He's gathering people to this community. And it's not like we're doing anything that we think particularly, you know, it's not like we're other than the fact we're spectating and watching, observing what God is doing. And we're so appreciative of that which God is doing. And what we said on Tuesday night is that we wanted to, uh, we needed to acknowledge and celebrate the wind of God's Spirit. And to say to God, we really, God, we really appreciate the fact that we are in a season and we, we mark this season as a mark or a time where the wind of your spirit is coming and blowing and there is a gathering, there is a coming together of people. And some, some of the folks that have come here um, have come from a place of disconnection from, from a church community. Pretty much like Louise and myself. Um, uh, two years ago, I said to Louise, I never want to be in ministry again. I, I'm over. I just don't want to. I don't want to um, sustain an institution that I just see disempowers people. I just don't want to be part of it. I'm over ministry. Um, I enjoy my life uh, in the workplace and 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 being a believer in the workplace and sharing my faith within that context. And I've got great relationships, but please don't ever ask me to commit to a local church again because I'm just over it. But the wind of God blew in, in our lives and brought us here. And I'm so pleased he has. And other people have been in that place of disconnection from church for various reasons. And the wind of God has kind of blown them back into fellowship. And we just want to acknowledge that that has been a work of God. And we celebrate that and, and, and are so appreciative to God that that has taken place. But not only has the wind brought people in and gathered them, what also we acknowledged and we could discern is that the Holy Spirit has come with rain. And so those of us that have, have gathered and we've been working through our, perhaps our disillusionment and disappointment or whatever it is with our Christianity or our, our, with our church life, the rain of God has come and has fallen upon us and has brought a refreshing and we've been refreshed. It's almost like we've got a renewed capacity to do what we thought we could never do again. We just, I never thought I could re-engage re with church again. 
But I'm today so excited about church and what church community can be like and what church community perhaps should be like. And some of us have been really stale and felt disillusioned or disappointed about how our Christianity was working out. It just didn't seem to be going anywhere. And yet the reign of God has come and we feel this renewed um, excitement about, about being in relationship with Jesus. And we just want to acknowledge that that's a season that God has got us in. It's not the only things that God is doing because obviously in Nicole's situation, there has been a gift, a supernatural gift. Other things are taking place. But the overriding, the overarching season that we as a group discerned was this is a time of wind and rain. And we felt that we needed to acknowledge that and celebrate that and say to God, thank you for coming in the way that you have. So maybe we can maybe just close our eyes and in our own hearts. I'm going to ask Paul to come down. Paul, if you just come and give folks a few moments just to voice their appreciation, perhaps the wind of God in their own life or the rain of God in their own life or whatever other symbol you can attach to God's movement in your world. And then just in a few moments, Paul is going to pray a prayer on our behalf of thanksgiving to God. Okay? Father God, we just, as a, as a group of people, as, as a body here this morning, Lord, we want to we honor what you're doing in this place, Father God. We want to thank you for your presence in our lives individually, but Lord, also your presence within us as a, as a body and a group of believers, Lord. And we honor what you're doing in this place and amongst us and between us, Father God, in this particular season that you have us in as a body of believers. We thank you, Lord, that, that your presence is here in this place for refreshing yeah. and for healing. That you lead us by streams of water, Father God, for our refreshing and growth. Thank you, Lord, that you're gathering a group of people that have not met just randomly, but are brought together for your purpose, for your purposes, Lord, in our lives individually, but also for this community. And Lord, we honor you and and thank you for what your spirit is doing. We recognize it as a work of your spirit, Father God, not just as as something that that happens automatically or randomly. We thank you that you're at work here in this place, Lord. Lord, even where the the 
where your spirit's presence brings a manifestation in a, in a particular season. Father God, we, we open up our hearts and our minds to what you're doing here and now, Lord. And we ask for the gift of discernment to know and to recognize where your spirit is active, Lord, in our relationships and in our lives and in us as a people. And we ask for that discernment so that we can see and celebrate and know where your spirit is active, Father God. And as a people, Father God, we open up our hearts to your presence and just say, Lord, whatever you are doing, whatever you want to do in us and amongst us and between us, we open up our hearts to that, Father God, however it looks. Whatever effect your presence has, Lord, we want to experience it in its fullness. But Lord, today we just honor you and Thank you for what you're doing in this group of believers in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If uh, of late you have been in a place where you feel like the refreshing rain of God has fallen on you, um, can I share with you and perhaps provide you with some understanding as to why that has occurred? In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, um, Peter spoke these words and he said, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And I believe if you have gone through a season of refreshing, it's because that hasn't happened in a vacuum. It has happened because you have actually, either consciously or unconsciously, gone through a process of repentance. We have this, we look at repentance, the word repent, from such a negative perspective, and we have a misunderstanding. We've, 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 we've taken that word and we've, we've, um, we've been afraid of it, and yet it is a beautiful word. Repentance is simply to turn from and turn to. It's to turn away from, turn back upon, and turn toward and move in a different direction. It's to shift our thinking, to realign our thoughts, our perspectives, our views, and um, perhaps the direction of our lives, our behavior, away from certain things and align or realign our thinking and our views and our perspectives with that which is of God. And so for some of us that have kind of said, I'm over church and I don't want anything to do, it's like you've gone through consciously or unconsciously uh, an act of repentance because you've realigned yourself with the truth. And that is God's body, despite all of its peculiarities and, and, and weaknesses, is still God's church. And we may have given up on the church, but God has never given up on the church. And as we have reconnected, with a body of believers, consciously or unconsciously, what we have done is we've repented. We've changed our view. We've turned away from a view or a, a, a viewpoint which is ungodly, and we've aligned our thoughts with God. And what that has done is it's actually brought a refreshing. 
And you can apply that principle to perhaps areas of your personal life where as God has pointed things out that in your thinking or behavior that are, are unhealthy or not in line with the word of God and as you've turned your back on those things and you've turned toward God, what that is is the act of repentance which invariably brings with it refreshing. And so the refreshing of God that you as an individual and we as a community have experienced is actually in response to our repentance. And as I was preparing this this morning, um, on Tuesday night we felt that we, we as a church needed to acknowledge and celebrate and express our appreciation to God for um, the, the wind that's blown and the rain that's fallen. What I felt this morning was that God today wanted to acknowledge and celebrate and express his appreciation towards us, towards you as an individual and to us as a people for creating an environment that has been conducive for the reign of his spirit to fall. Because in various ways there has been a heart of repentance, consciously or unconsciously. Many of us have turned away from and turned to God, realigned our thinking and our hearts towards God. And as a result, God has been able to bring a time of refreshing for us. And I believe this morning that God wants to thank you. And God wants to acknowledge you and celebrate your repentance and let you know how much he appreciates the fact that you have decided in er different areas of your life to, to make a turnaround. And God this morning acknowledges and thanks you for what you have done, for creating a culture and environment in which his reign has been able to come. And so on behalf of God this morning, there is acknowledgement. There is an appreciation from the heart of God to you for the way in which you've yielded in various ways to him. Father, we are a people that want to live our lives in partnership together with you. We're a community that wants to live in the reality of the full orb of the various dimensions and pictures of your spirit. We want to be a people of balance. Lord, help us, we pray. We thank you for your encouragement to us this morning. Help us to stay in time and in step with you. We ask this in Jesus' name.